Greetings, Potashield family. Frank Media here. I just want to go over very briefly where we are and how we got to where we are, just on a prophetic scale. Obviously, I don't want to go all the way back to 2015 when the word first began to come out through this entity that Donald Trump was appointed by God to become the next president of the United States, number 45. Let's fast forward and everything that the Lord said, no matter how the timing came and how it manifested, has come true. The Space Force, which was discussed all the way back in November of 2016, here it is. So many things. Israel, the moving of the embassy, the understanding of the Golan, uh, the different issues and entities, the breaking up of different trade agreements, uh, all of the outpouring to the military, many of the things that have manifested in the body of Christ and with the church. And one of the ones that's most amazing, although we thought we ran out of time, and I emphasize thought we ran out of time, was the third Supreme Court appointment first nomination and then appointment with only 42 days left before the election, but God kept His word. And so even like you, I'm asking questions, what, how, when? But I want to remind you, as I've had to remind myself, that He's God. And when we receive the word of the Lord, and we really press into the Lord and His word is true, then it's up to us to hold on to that word no matter what, and to see what the Lord shall do, how He shall do it, when He shall do it. Isaiah cried this out, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And therein comes our challenge. We operate in a prophetic mode. God has called forth Potus Shield many times to be the tip of the spear. We press forward, we go forth, and then God performs. Not because of what we do or orchestrate, but because we simply say what He says we should say. We declare the word of the Lord, and then we watch as He processes and moves forth. The intent and heart of the Lord has not changed. I want you to be comforted in that. God has not given up on the prophets. He's not given up on the church. He's not given up on this nation. He's not given up on the fact that Jesus Christ is returning. We are in an epic battle, not just for this election, not just for this nation, but for the kingdom of God here on this earth. And we understand who the forces are, the spirit of Antichrist representing everything that's dark and evil and trying to topple the kingdom of God, and the spirit of Christ working through God in three persons. And so that being said, as many of you have asked questions, as we've watched, and this morning I exchanged texts with my beloved brother Dutch Sheets and encouraged him, keep carrying the baton, keep getting, going forth, because God has given him that, that energy, that heart, 
that call from his heart for many years, for a couple decades, to go from state to state and to continue to raise up the clarion call for an awakening in the nation. And so I say, go, go, go. And I'm praying along with them. But the call that God has put on my heart is to rest in him, to watch and to wait, and to have a faith, a faith that comes from the grave type of faith, even as I shared with you a week ago. That faith that comes with resurrection power, that says that even though it appears that Lazarus was dead, he was dead so that he could grow again and come back. And even though Christ was considered to be dead, and it descended into hell, and by every intent and purpose witnessed by both the spiritual world and the physical world, it was over with, yet God raised him in his glory and in the power of his resurrection. That's the kind of faith that we need right now. Not wondering what and if and when and how, but saying, Lord, we shall see, we shall see by your glory, resurrection power, even in this instance. I want to remind you what God had said about the Hezekiah blast. Go back to the site, look on the YouTube, look on POTUS Shield, Re receive and listen to the Hezekiah blast messages. And the fact that God had even said through Isaiah, again in a, a subsequent message, am I the one who brings to birth and cannot in the womb bring to birth what I have put in the womb. And so we believe God. We know God is doing it. It's just a matter that for all of our intents and purposes, how about a little sooner and easier, Lord? But God's ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. So I want to share with you something that I witnessed just a week ago. And I've been meditating on it and sitting on it. I've got some peculiar elements here in front of you because I want to be able for you to visualize what I saw. Oftentimes the Lord awakens me in the third watch and that third watch is the one on Eastern time here starts at 3 a.m. and goes to 6 a.m. in the morning. It's a heightened watch of spiritual intensity and I've given a lot of teachings on the watches, but it's the watch that God has assigned me to and many in our ministry to, and it's also a prophetic watch. It's that watch in the middle of the night when the enemy thinks he's gonna catch people sleeping and at the same time, God is preparing and moving forth to set the, the tone for the sun rising up on another day. It was that third watch of the night, and many times that is when the Lord awakens me and moves inside of me, not only to stand up in prayer and intercession, but to download things into me. And it was coming towards the end of the third watch, just before 6 a.m. in the morning. And I hit that twilight zone. I sort of like that zone because it's one where you're resting in the Lord, you're between being aware of everything in the physical realm, but you're also sort of drifting in the spiritual realm. And it becomes the blend between a dream and a vision and the reality of what's going on at that moment in a practical sense. And it's a wonderful place to be in and oftentimes the Lord shows me things while I'm in that state. Well, I was in that state and all of a sudden I found myself before a man and as I looked at this man, he had his head down and his eyes were half closed. And I could see right away that he was intimidated, that he had been subjugated, and he was a little despondent and reluctant. 
It was as if he was coming to this environment, to this table as a defeated person. And as I looked at him, the Lord put in my hands this, and it was a set of vice grips. Now, for those of you who know what vice grips are, they're a big set of, they look like pliers, and they have a screw that tightens up on the side of them so that when you clamp down on something and you tighten it, it's a vice and it won't let go of it. So that if you're trying to turn something or move with something or pull something, you have a strong grip, a sure grip, a, a grip that is mechanically fastened so as to not let go. And so I had these vice grips and in it, I had this substance such as this. And of course, I've wrapped this up and prepared it so you could see what it was similar to what I saw. And it was gray and it, it was a piece and it was sort of leatherly looking. And I held it off to this man that was in front of me, the defeated man, the man whose head was down, who looked like he was given it all that he had and the wind was out of his sails. And as I held it to him, he took a pair of scissors and he snipped the end of it. And I felt the Spirit say to me, he's cutting a deal. And just as I did, I was turned back around and then there was another man and he was facing me. And this man was quite the opposite of the one that I had just turned from. He was arrogant. He was strong-willed. He had a multicultural face, but yet I could see a bit of a Chinese oriental influence in his face. And peculiar, I looked and focused on his mustache and it was bold and dark. And of course, in a dream and oftentimes in visions, that could be authority and that could be strong-willed and it could be arrogance. And his face was taut and stern and his eyes were very strong and manipulative. And as I looked at him and our faces were face to face and I turned this to him, he took his scissors and he went to cut on the end of it. And just as he did, the vice grips let loose of the piece and it fell, but yet they were still tight in my hand. And I remember looking at it and as I looked down, I said, how could that be? How did they get loose? And he got distraught and he said, pick it up, give it back to me. We have to cut this. And as I did, the Lord spoke to me and the Spirit of God cried out inside of me and said, this is swine, it's not kosher. And I stopped and I didn't let him cut. Well, kosher literally means, you know, as we look in our Hebrew references, fit. Or it could be lawful. It could be something that's not prohibited. It's kosher, it's okay. Well, if we understand kosher foods and diets, number one on the list not to eat is pork, swine. This was an unlawful covenant that one end had already cut, defeated, had given in, was willing to now play it out, had to play it out, and the other end was ready to cut it because they were going to chip in and take what they had already received. I believe that the Lord is speaking to all of us who have an ear to hear and an eye to see. Those of us who hear the Spirit of the Lord and love God and want to stand in prayer.
And what he's saying to us is that something is happening in the larger picture throughout the earth. It is part of that system that I preached about and spoke about just not too long ago, that great whore Babylon. And now we're finding ourselves with a quick desire by forces that are beyond our comprehension, that are mixed and meddled together, that are not only globalist, but also tech-minded, media-minded, economic-minded, socially-minded, but most of all, that are propelled by a force that is dark, that is trying to oppose that light of the coming of the Lord. And so there's a deal, and that deal's out there. And many have sold themselves out to it, or they've just caved into it, or they're just weary. The fellow with his eyes down, who was dejected, and the other one, that one world culture man, that's who I saw. And in it, he had a Chinese influence. Now, let me be clear. We're not talking about Chinese people. God loves Chinese people. We love Chinese people. We have a Chinese church here in our church. We love the Chinese people in China. But there's a government, a force, that is manipulative and evil, not only to their own people in that land, but has a voracious appetite. I personally believe that government manufactured and sent the current COVID-19 out around the world. That's nothing new. I said that back in January and February. When will they be held accountable? Will they ever be held accountable? Certainly not by some of the forces that are in covenant with them to a deal to get to a, another place, to get us to another position. So God is calling us to hold on. Remember the Hezekiah blast? The Lord said, I have brought the children to birth, but there's not enough power, enough strength. Hezekiah cried out for them to be born. And God said, hold on, I will send a blast and I will return the enemies from the way which they have come. Isaiah has cried out and said, I will give you strength. In Nehemiah on the wall, which Patty just spoke about and others have picked up multiple times where God said, I will strengthen you. Call upon the strength of the Lord, but we are called right now to stand in the middle and not be those that facilitate the cutting of a covenant that is illegal, unlawful, and is against humanity, creation, and the Creator. We are the ones that can stop the cut. We're the only ones. The Lord is calling for us to stand in that gap and not to facilitate right now. Now, as pertains to some who are confused, what are the obvious signs that there were issues with this election? Let me speak on a political science basis. So much is said, follow the science. Well, I happen to be a degreed political scientist, believe it or not, amongst other <laughs> accreditations. And it's the one that I enjoy. I watch elections closely, I study closely, I study political history, not only in this government, but many governments have since I was 18 years old. And so I wanna say something to you. I've never seen in this two-party system that we have where the president, the person running for president has been elected and the whole down ballot has been unelected. For example, senators, the Republicans were supposed to lose six, seven, eight seats. Instead, they lost two but picked up one and now there's two more. And one of them, somewhat mysteriously, 
fell short of a 50% bar in the state of Georgia by three one-hundredths of a point after being ahead, three one-hundredths of a point, with a recount that wasn't supposed to happen, five, six thousand votes counted, but it was only for the president. So it couldn't apply to that one to maybe push it over the top. And then the down ballots. You see that these senators won in places they weren't supposed to win, and then Congress, all of a sudden, seven, eight more seats, and now nine more that look like they could end up becoming Republican. And some of those in stronghold Democratic areas, that's not supposed to happen. When the president-elect, the one who supposedly won, the Democrat is supposed to carry it. But yet the Republican president, who got all the votes out, he's somehow five million votes down. And in those certain states, where the down ballots won and even in the legislatures won. As a political scientist, I tell you, this is such a high improbability that I can't get my hands around it. All the other comments that have come in, I can't opine to that. I don't know how many more ballots were dumped. I don't know how many dead people voted. I don't know about Dominion. I don't know about those things. But I can tell you as a political scientist, that does not add up. And I've said that from the first night when I began to see the changes. Something is not adding up. So let's see what the Lord shall do. But I want you to understand there's a big picture involved here. It's not kosher. There's a covenant that we're trying to be forced into as this nation. Oddly enough, left out by the party that says they won, that took God out of their convention that somehow admitted one nation under God, a guy who's defeated on one end, a multicultural man on the other end, ready to cut the deal. Let's stand in the middle and let's not say the deal can be cut. Let's let it fall down. And the grip, the grip, God's able to break that grip. God only can break that grip. So I want you to be strong. I want you to pray in the breaker anointing. I want you to reinforce this president. And I want to say something to you again. Donald Trump's not God. Donald Trump isn't the rescuer and the salvation of the body of Christ and you and I. God's using him with an assignment, but God also cares about him. God's humbling him. God's humbling the people around him. God's humbling the body of Christ. God's humbling prophets. God's humbling me. And it's because he's preparing us for something greater, to walk with that strong courage, that faith that cries out from the grave and says, we shall resurrect. God shall resurrect. Beloved, stand in the gap. Pray with the spirit. Pray with the understanding. But don't see what you see and hear what you hear in the material realm. Block yourself out. Watch what God shall do. And I want to remind you of one thing he reminded me of. This he said, I said it boldly, I said it on November 9th, 3.30 in the morning, 2016, and multiple times thereafter, that there would be a cleansing of the Supreme Court, that the law of the land would be reestablished on godly principles that we must stand up for. And he said there would be not just the one that we already knew was coming, but a second one, and then a third one appointed to the Supreme Court. He said, and these were my words, to say not in the first term, 
but in the first season of this president. Maybe we need to set our minds on seasons and not terms. Maybe we've become a bit presumptuous to look within man's realm of election realms instead of God's realm of seasons. I'm allowing my faith to move in that realm of the seasons, of the seasons, of the seasons. I don't know where God's going, but His Word shall be true. Let every man be a liar. Let God be true. His ways are not my ways. They're not your ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. They're not your thoughts. We can shout. We can jump. The Jericho shouts are wonderful. Pull the walls down. But we can also hear him in the still, small voice outside the cave. And God is saying, I've got it. I'm never late. I'm always on time. I hear your prayers. And as my friend Dutch Sheet said, even last night in a prayer meeting, it's about the babies. That's what it's been about with me. That's what it was about God. That's what he said the very first thing that he was going to begin to justify and rectify a Supreme Court that will strike down the federal rules on abortion to preserve the children, to preserve the babies. Over 60 million voices aborted in the womb are coming out, crying out to God from the blood of the earth, from the blood of this stained nation. God is a rescuer. So be encouraged, beloved. I haven't faded. I haven't changed. I'm just watching. I'm waiting. I'm allowing others to carry the baton as God has told them to with that dream that He gave me. Do you remember it? That vision that I shared, even from February, of Donald Trump sinking in quicksand up to his lip, and then the thumb and forefinger of God came down and pulled him out and soared him up. The thumb, the apostolic, the forefinger, the prophetic. Let's stay strong. POTUS shield, watchmen, worshipers, and warriors. Let's see the glory of the Lord. We haven't faded. He hasn't faded. We're just watching and waiting, interceding and praying, declaring in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Continue on. Be encouraged. Franca Media signing off.